Hello and welcome to episode number 81 of the Hobbies and Happies podcast, where we talk about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Jim. And today we're talking with the man from Dex and Droughts himself, I mean Dex and Drafts himself, Joey Sennard. <laughs> take three take, take three it's literally <laughs> the third time is the charm guys like really it's the third time is charm all right before we before we get into it let's talk about our sponsor amazon audible head over to our affiliate link www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness sign up for your free trial of amazon's audible service amazon audible is an audiobook service where when you sign up you get a free credit added to your account and you can use that credit to get a free audiobook added to your account you can use that credit for any free audiobook on the service and what's even better if you're an amazon prime member get two free books two Ooh. two free books added to your account all for the price of zero dollars because it's free <laughs> you know actually i was looking at my account today um i haven't redeemed any of my amazon oh. my credits for a while you, yeah. i've got like 10 <laughs> i've got okay. 10 i've got 10 credits on my account I'm like man there's a bunch of there's like a lot of books that i want to get mm-hmm. um i got i got to go through so i'm going to go through like the gary v library and mm-hmm. just be like gary v gary v make sure i got all <laughs> gary v's books and then and then move on move on down move on down the list another person guys i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend you, you look at find patrick bet david mr pbd and anything that he recommends read it <laughs> add that add that to your reading list i was watching some of his videos today yeah patrick bet david is somebody who i would honestly love to meet in person and just i feel like i would ne- i would not be able to stop talking to him <laughs> because he's there's just there's just a fount a fount of knowledge and information there from that guy but again have you head over to our affiliate link, audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. You can sign up for your free 30-day trial. Cancel before the end of the 30 days if you want, if you don't like the service, but you still get to keep that free credit on your account. All right. So today, we're going to we're gonna jump kind of right into this conversation because this was long, yeah. but it was a lot of fun. It was so good. I'm like watching the timer as we're going, and I'm like, holy cow, this is just going. But like I, did, I didn't want to stop talking. Yeah, I Like know. at the end of the conversation, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I literally could sit here for another hour and a half mm-hmm. and just – because there was so much that I wanted to get to with Joey. Yeah. And I just feel like he's got so much knowledge just about the industry. Mm-hmm. So Joey Sinart, um, he's kind of been in the industry for a little bit, um, but he has a marketing background. Um, he does have a degree in graphic design. Um, but one of the things that he did is he put together the Flesh and Blood Learn to Play kit. Um, so uh, when, when Flesh and Blood first came out, it was right around the time of the pandemic, when the pandemic kind mm-hmm. of first hit. Um, but he put together this Learn to Play kit that is kind Kind of like the gold standard, from my understanding, uh, for community building for Flesh and Blood. So he put that together. Um, one of the other things that he did is he wrote an article for uh, Gamma's magazine. Um, the 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 name of the, the title of the magazine is around the table. The title of the article is the cardboard conundrum. Um, it, I'm gonna try and make sure we link that down in the description. But that's a it was a really great article, kind of kind of going through the history kind of of TCGs a little bit. But then looking at it like today and kind of seeing what's on the market. So after reading that, I'm like, man, I really got to talk to this guy because. He's definitely got a wealth of knowledge there. And so we did, and we just couldn't stop talking. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so. And after we were recording, it went on for like another 30 minutes <laughs> plus. <laughs> and so he had to literally put a timer. He's like, okay, yeah. I have to go by this timer. <laughs> and like we did too, but it was just such a great conversation. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to get into that for you guys. So um, without any further ado, Mr. Joey Sonar, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So today on the podcast, we are joined by Mr. Joey Sinart. Joey, how's it going today, sir? 
Going well, going well. We're uh, all matching in our own way. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. that was not. Uh, we didn't set that up scripted. at all. It was. It was Kinda. not scripted at all. Kind of scripted. <laughs> they, uh, so they, you guys were. You guys were in hoodie. I was like, I'm gonna go get a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go do that. Uh, um, yeah, so, so we did not pressure him into it at all. Not, not at all. So, all right. So, so Joey runs a uh, YouTube channel called decks and drafts and, uh, pretty much, I think Joey, like your entire online presence is essentially decks and drafts. Is that correct? Pretty much. Um, I strangely enough, and I, this is, this is not the first time this has happened as I look around my desk and realize I do not in fact have any decks, but I do in <laughs> fact have a draft. You have a draft. <laughs> So, so I, I want to ask you, where, where did the name come from? So, and, and the reason I ask is he's got, so D and D, right? And we've got H and H. I think great minds think alike mm-hmm. with, with the whole alliteration thing, right? Yeah. So, uh, so where, where did the name come from? So, all right. I always wanted to do like a cards and beer type of thing. And I mm-hmm. naturally, I didn't, I didn't want to just do cards and beer. I wanted to get crafty, you know, great minds think alike and so on and so forth. So I was yep. thinking of like, how, how am I going to get this across? The first option straight up didn't, it, it wouldn't have worked for silly reasons, which would have been cards and craft. Okay. Decent way to go. Cause it's not yeah, just yeah. beer in general. It's, it's craft beer specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm, I love the microbrews mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, problem is if I go cards and craft, then I get like the little old ladies who are in <laughs> yep. beers making greeting cards. And mm-hmm. I've learned that that's actually a thing. Mm. So I couldn't do that. <laughs> okay. So I switched over. <laughs> so I went to decks and drafts, but I was like, well, shoot. I can't do the normal spelling, which is why everybody keeps calling it drafts. Because dra- you know, if you're if you're gonna go card games and you're gonna leverage drafts, well, drafts is a format. It's a format so everybody's gonna yeah. be thinking that I'm talking about a format. Right. So I went the European spelling, and that's how it became decks and droughts. I mean drafts. Drafts. I mean drafts. I literally had but to I ask look- you right before is it drafts or droughts? I'm like, I figured but it's I drafts. Would- mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I would love to, I actually do, I have a vision. I do have kind of like a later in life vision to open kind of a card shop brewery. Okay. Um, that basically is, I, I want it to like leverage, be focused heavily on like big events in a big event space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can do, you know, like just really cool live streams and have a brewery over on the side and mm-hmm. then like double it as like a business event center during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, since I have all the teleconference stuff in there, but I thought one of the cool things to be do to do would be to have a deck like an actual like outdoor deck, like a patio thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hold draft formats on there. So I can have mm-hmm. decks and drafts on decks with drafts. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That, they, sounds- that sounds like a really good idea. I like it. Um, so Joey, <laughs> can you tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your history in this space? Cause you know, sure. in, in us talking and then even, you know, chatting before the call, you know, you seem to have a pretty long history <laughs> in the, in the TCG space in general. So can, can you touch on that for our audience a little bit? Sure. I'm going to do that in just a quick sec though. I'm going to do what I always do. Um, which, cause everybody's gonna be like, what are you drinking? So this is old chub from Oscar blues. Gotcha. It's a Scotch ale. It's got some meat on it um so actually as far as being a a long time in the space it's kind of a weird one all things considered Mm -hmm. because really things didn't get started until pretty much the beginning of 2021 Mm -hmm. so we'll say we'll go with two years i kind of pop back in i've been a tcger since 90s um you know i started up with old town magic og magic Mm -hmm. um but i lived on the bible belt so I, ha- I literally had to throw it away. <laughs> We've we I, I've had multiple Ooh, conversations with uh, with mm-hmm. folks like that as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was wild because I um 
I was in second grade and we had a hobby day back when they let like anybody into schools. Um, so a bunch of people just did hobbies and they gave, they were like, Hey, you know, 30, 40 people showed off different hobbies and somebody from wizards of the coast came into our school in second grade and showed us magic, the gathering. And that's how, that's how I started. Wow. Wow. Um, which yeah was wild. Um, and then uh, my parents saw like terror and unholy strength. So I, <laughs> that was the end of that. It was, that was always the card, man. Unholy strength, mm-hmm. unholy strength. It's like it has angels, mom. And then unholy strength. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was unholy strength and demonic tutor. Those are the big yep. ones. Demonic tutor was a pretty big one also, yep. but terror, terror, the little fetus that is terror also yep. did not do much. Did, <laughs> yep. Didn't do well. So, <laughs> I had to throw those all away, uh, and I switched over to Star Wars CCG because apparently my parents had never seen Star Wars. Um, I didn't realize there wasn't a big difference. <laughs> isn't it okay? Um, I, I gotta ask. Like, isn't it interesting how some IPs were like banned, but others were like magically just okay? They didn't see anything mm-hmm. wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, like I couldn't. I couldn't watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because of the one scene in the first movie where splinter is talking to the spirits yep. and it was too new age. I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, <coughs> that was thank, the time though. Like, that was the time like back in, back in the nineties, man. Like it was, that was just the time. Oh man. There's, I've got, I, Satanic panic, I've never man. had yeah, the experience. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Joey, I feel like you and I could just sit down and have a long conversation about back in the we, day. We shouldn't though. Maybe, maybe, another, maybe another time we could talk, we yeah. could have a good old chat about <laughs> yeah. what CCG life was like during the satanic yeah. panic. Yeah. Um, cause that was, that, that was terrible. But anyway, anyway um, <clears throat> so I did I Star Wars for, I did Star Wars for a while. Uh, eventually, you know, I moved out. So right back into magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for a little bit did like drafts and whatnot but mm-hmm. fell a little bit off the radar um and then kind of two years ago you know two years ago covid i was just star wars scene was bustling they're still bustling really mm-hmm. um with virtual sets and whatnot i was like hey it's kind of neat to go back into that hobby um i learned about flesh and blood that's what got me back into the game mm-hmm. uh, or got me back into tcgs like proper like really something i wanted to get invested in mm-hmm. So where it gets into the kind of long history and why I approach the space the way that I do is one of the things I wanted to do with Fab was I wanted to play it. <laughs> weird, <laughs> wild. Um, weird, you guys play weird card thing. games? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. God, if we get a Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the closest place to me was about an hour and a half, two hours away for me to actually play the thing. Um mm-hmm. I was like, this is not going to work. And I was looking online. There just wasn't really a lot of options. This was before the second wave of Unlimited. Mm-hmm. So everything mm-hmm. was scarce. However, mm-hmm. I've got a marketing background. I've got a training background. And I've got project management shoved into all of that. Mm-hmm. So I came up with an idea of, well, how about I get myself bulk decks? And how about I just do this myself in Colorado? So I created a bulk deck list. And I started to... Um, just go around Colorado and find places, you know, like, Hey, I'd love to do a learn to play events. And I want to just, I just, I'll grow a community myself <laughs> because mm-hmm. I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the trick to that and the thing that leads that shoots this um, into the stratosphere a little bit is in doing that, I created uh, something called the learn to play kit, fab mm-hmm. learn to play kit, uh, which has now become kind of the worldwide standard for onboarding new stores, onboarding players. It has been downloaded over 7,000 times. It's led to mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of decks, hundreds of stores, thousands of players, and is pretty much the key factor for getting countries like Vietnam and Brazil distribution in the game. So mm-hmm. that 
had people kind of look at me and me looking at the space a little bit differently as opposed, you know, not just like I could be a player. I suck. I know this. <laughs> um, what I do know, what I do know at least is that I understand things like project management and community building and scalability and all of those kind of like business backend things that if you just really want to play and tell your buddies that bigger picture kind of escapes you. It's not a bad thing to say. It's just, I'm, I looked at it that way. So mm-hmm. that let that led me into uh, eventually, you know, starting up Dex and Drafts and changing the cha- this the direction of the channel to be something a lot more marketing focused. I noticed that that was something that really hasn't been talked about from a pure who are you as a customer in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, that got me involved with a couple of other games, just chatting with them, learning more about it, and eventually I landed at Genesis, um, a game that was sent to me by a fellow content creator that I gave a kind of crap review um because i didn't i and that's gonna be real weird in a sec but one in hindsight i played it very bad um but also like i got the beta starters and i was like the mechanics are great but this is off this is this was not a fun experience for a number of reasons Mm -hmm. um and the creator and the head designer commented on that video and said yeah no learning experience you were spot on all the things that we found Mm. I was like, wow. oh, that's, that's new. That's mm. not something I'm, I'm looking at. Too. I'm looking at Kickstarter and the echo chambers. Mm-hmm. This is weird to me. Right. Um, so we started talking, um, and then eventually super fast forward. Um, I ended up be working for them because they said, Hey, can you do what you did for fab, but I'll give you money. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm the head of marketing for a battle of champions, but off on the side, I still do. I, I help consult with a lot of other card games and I've got a unique spot in the space and I'm trying to take much more of that like industry expert kind of perspective. I mm-hmm. got to write an, I got to write the cover article for uh, Gamma. Uh, they're around the table magazine in Q4. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the history of mm-hmm. started a kid, parents, <laughs> Jesus, nothing, <laughs> bored, don't want to drive. And then here we are. <laughs> awesome. And there, there's a lot there, right. That I want to get to for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but, but first of all, did you, did you play, did you collect and or play Pokemon at all growing up? Was that allowed? I did. did I you, did. Okay. That one was allowed. Okay. That, that one was allowed. Now, now hang on, hang on. Did you collect it? Like, did you collect it only or did you actually play it? I actually played it. Um, I had a, I had a, uh, <laughs> so no one knows how to play this game. I thought nobody knew how to right. play it. <laughs> No, I, I had a I had a Beedrill Charizard deck, um, like old school, like oh, and it got <clears throat> stolen. Oh, Ooh. first editions cool. and whatnot. Um, and again, I'm not good at games, so like it wasn't a great deck or anything like that. <laughs> I but was going to gonna say, fair, I'm like that wasn't meta back in the yeah. day, just so we're clear. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, you're like Kakuna, like yeah, I'm. Why is he out? Like, just wait and see. Like, <laughs> just wait, <laughs> just wait and see. see. Yeah, it never worked out. But to be all right, to be to be fair, if like nobody knows how to play Pokemon, like nobody knows how to do it now. I know how to do. I know how to do it then. Just like nobody, like nobody knows really how to play Yu Gi Oh now. I know that like you could you could just. Oh, right, Dan, it. I think I'm just done now. I'm just done with this conversation. <laughs> 
There was a time where you play a card and then things happened. Mm-hmm. And in Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. now, you play a card, you probably draw 17 cards, 40 different things happen. Yeah, that's not things sure happen. Right it's just, it's now more things happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more things happen, yeah. And then someone's like, wait, did the pendulum stuff go off? Like, I don't even understand anymore. And I just learned, like, I just learned that Yadagaruso got, Yadagarasu. like, got un- yep. sorry, yeah, Yadagarusa yep. came back. As um, of I was the like, man, 13th. I remember when Yada locks were busted. And I was like, why isn't Yada, like, why is it still things? Like, oh, yeah, power level just beat that to the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when that little. They also nerfed the other cards that made Yada Garasu lock a thing. So, yeah, we don't really got to worry about it at all. Gotcha. gotcha. That's fair. So, fair, so, all right. So you touched on the, you touched on the flesh and blood learn to play kit, um, and it sounded like when you were talking about it, like the reason that you made that was because you didn't have a community, a flesh and blood community close to you, and you wanted to build that for yourself and for the community around you. Was that was that correct? Yeah. So there's two stages to that process. The first one is I got myself a bunch of bulk and I started building decks. I started looking at like other deck lists, and like uh, this was when LSS actually had also commoner kind of early or easy to build kind of deck list Mm -hmm. and the ratio that i was running into immediately was the stuff that i wanted to pass out were really like stacked and stuff that was good that i didn't want to have to keep getting over and over Mm -hmm. and i was like man if i want to show this to like four or five stores buying bulk i still have to buy singles Mm -hmm. that's 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 not a scalable solution at all so i actually tweaked the formula so that way every hero, one, you can build a deck out of a box. Every hero or every card in the set was represented once and only once. And it was it was kind of formulated in such a way that you're moving through your collection equally mm-hmm. across everything. And that's the thing that kind of turned it into the learn to play kit. That's mm-hmm. the thing that got it to be kind of much more of the stand, a higher standard that it is now of stores that were just cracking bulk like crazy, cracking packs like crazy so they could sell the spicy stuff. Mm-hmm. They're left with the rest and no one's going to build decks if this is this is how your collection goes and you're, right. you still have to buy things. So right. I basically brought in project management elements to it, added a lot more to it as well. So I gave some game. I gave stuff to a buddy, and I was like, "You should try this game because it's amazing." And he's been playing card games for a while. Mm-hmm. Comes back to me, I hate this. I'm like, really? What did you hate specifically? I was like, we just like I, I I did one thing. He blocked, and then not he did the thing, and I blocked, and and I was like, that was it. Was like, Wait, who? What did you do exactly? Who did you play? I was like, oh, I played Kano and Azalea. Oh, oh, there's <laughs> a lot. Okay. Um, so that led into me coming up with like the half page guides of, Hey, is this your first time playing flesh and blood? Don't do what my friend did. Here's, you know, every, every hero has like a little half page and it just basically became kind of a, if you want to onboard a community, here's everything that you need. Um, and that, that's kind of how, that's just kind of how that one evolved. But yeah, gotcha. I wanted to build a community. It didn't scale. I made a scalable solution. And then I've got a graphic design degree. That was like the second time I've used it. And so I made it real pretty. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, v- very cool. No, that, that is really, really cool. <clears throat> now, all right. So th- this kind of ties into this a little bit. But um, something okay. that you had mentioned to me in in the past and in, in one of our previous chats was your approach to TCGs. <clears throat> and you've said <clears throat> that it, it is to promote, quote, a healthy execution of the industry. 
And it, yes. it kind of sounds like a little bit of the reason for the flesh and blood kit a little bit. But can you can you expand on that healthy execution of the industry a little bit? What do you mean by sure. that exactly? Yeah. So naturally, this is inspired by things that I very much see to be not a very healthy execution of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know, in the COVID eras, we've got the Kickstarter age. I call it the temper tantrum era of TCGs. Gotcha. That's kind of how I've coined it. Gotcha. Um, which is which is this era where games no longer need to be proven on the shelf in order to be treated like they're successful. And that, that sucks. That is a big shift because Mm -hmm. now instead of, you know, going to a store and saying, Oh, let's actually see if we can get a community. There are a lot of games that were able to get buyer, get shelf space because of the pressure that had nothing to do with whether or not somebody wanted to build a community with it. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it and I said, this sucks. I I want to play, we're expecting our first in May. I want to play TCGs with my kids. Mm-hmm. And the way that releases are being treated and like new product is being treated, that's a terrible idea down the road. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm really, ex- I'm, I'm really excited about Lorcana. Like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait for the second wave because these, these packs are going for $15. That's not a healthy execution of the space. Mm. So I, I've put a lot of my effort and energy into let's educate and empower players, the audience, the industry games. And yeah, it's, it's my own thoughts and whatnot, but that's what I mean by healthy execution of the space. It sounds like a lot of that would just come down to <clears throat> educating not only the player bases, not only customers, <clears throat> but also like the designers and the publishers and that side. Yeah, Cause it, cause absolutely. I, and, and kind of honestly, LGSs as well, because yeah, they don't sure. have – they don't have time to look on the internet to see what people are saying about XYZ thing. What they do have is time to see four or five people say, you need to I get this, this game. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. And, and, and they have, they're and, they, and they have time to look at seeing what's flying mm-hmm. off of their own shelves mm-hmm. and then say, Hey, I need exactly. to sell. Yeah. Yeah. And in a time where you are worried about where you do, you did see scams, you did yeah. see stuff that were, you know, was, intentionally taking advantage of some aspect of the industry. Yeah. You're spot on. The only way you defend against that is you create a more educated audience. Yeah. And that's, that's what I've been kind of trying to do really since kind of mid last year when I was just done. (laughs) Well, you know what though, to be honest, um, cause this sounds like, you know, in a lot of these communities that, that we're in, that I'm in, and one, one big one right now being Lorcana, right? Mm-hmm. I am hearing mm-hmm. – you, you hear a lot from these c- communities basically saying what they want to see out of a certain game. Yeah. What, and what's, what's the biggest one? Prices. Prices of, of singles. Like they, they don't want to see stuff being so expensive, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> um. And so like that's that's what I'm hearing right now is just a lot of this is just just straight up educating, education, education, <clears throat> education on every on every front. OK. And now this mm-hmm. lead this leads me into secondary markets. Right. Because a lot of this costs sure. kind of boils down to secondary markets a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, in your mind, like what has the secondary market done for card games, for like TCGs, for local game stores? Like are they net is the secondary market a net positive for LGSs or is it a net negative or would it be neutral? Oh, I like you guys. 
Oh, that's a good question. That's such a good question. Um, I'm interested to know your answer. Yeah, same. <laughs> oh, I Think love about it. it. Um, <laughs> so I guess before before I kind of answer, uh, so let, me, let me make sure I've, I've got it. Secondary markets, net <laughs> positive, net neutral, net negative for LGSs and the industry in general, right? Yes. Is that yes. basically the question? Okay, yep. cool. Before I want to answer that, though, I, I do have an answer. But I have to add something to a common understanding about the TCG audience. And this is something that showed up in the last two, three years. I assume you guys are kind of familiar with kind of the triad of types of TCG. We'll go with enthusiasts, Mm -hmm. collector, player, investor. Yep. Right. Uh, Didn't we have an episode like like, we we literally talk all about that? Yes. So, yes. Okay. Yes, we are. All right. I haven't listened to all of them. No, no, you're good. You're good. good. That wasn't specific towards you. That was everyone else at home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So collector, investor, um, player. Yep. Um, and the way that the business normally works is the investors are the ones who find, who keep, um, or who show faith in the product by respecting its value um, and respecting that that value or the, the appreciation is going to come in the appreciation of the product. Mm-hmm. Value, or sorry, um, appreciation creates value. It's not the other way around. However, in the last couple of years, that's changed. Yes. That's flipped on its head. And, and, yep. and it's kind of a continuation of the, you don't need to prove yourself on the shelf yep. anymore. Yep. I can have the internet <clears throat> say this. I can, I, can, I can have the internet convince you that things are going crazy mm-hmm. and then perf- XYZ tactics to get you there. Mm-hmm. So in that little triad, I've added a fourth one. <clears throat> I've added okay. a fourth line. Um. Because there's a lot of people who are like, I went on Kickstarter and I'm investing in this Kickstarter. I invested in my Kickstarter. And then they immediately get the product in and sell it. That's not an investment to me. Okay. So I've added a fourth one, which is called a dealer. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. So the dealer (laughs) space is what makes the secondary market and has made the secondary market a net negative for a long time. Yeah. And it, they've confused and the narrative has been very confused on that it is an investment. And the idea of an investment is because this thing went up in value, it is therefore a good investment. No, that was a good deal. Mm. And that whole appreciation creates value, not the other way around. That went away as products never got a chance to appreciate at yeah. all. Yeah, That's been changing a little bit. That's been changing a lot of it lately as... Now we're starting to see the people who bought that first one, the third guy to have his hands on the product. Um, mm-hmm. They're the ones who are now stuck with whether or not the actual game is going to succeed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the money in that is just done. They're done. They're done with that stupid game. So to answer your question directly, secondary market was a massive net negative because that was more interesting to a larger audience than whether or not there was actual quality in the product. Mm. And at the end of the day, the person who has to suffer, well, that's the LGS. That's the player. That's that second guy who's like, I'll spend $300 on the Monarch box because I really want to play Monarch. And I feel like I'm going to, I've been convinced that like, I'm going to be able to make that money back later. So I'm going to get the best of both worlds. I'm that LGS who had to watch as distro bottlenecked their product 
and increased increased price while everybody was just they were just getting slaps on the wrist. That's that's where the secondary market did damage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it became the primary focus. Nowadays, I think that's a little bit more balanced, but I don't think that we're there. So right now, I would put probably a little bit more of a net neutral. I would also say that when it comes to LGSs directly, it's almost not even a factor except for like Magic Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are enough stores out there who are, I don't want to get into the secondary market for another game. I'm not cracking these boxes in order to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. I was pressured right. so much to buy these so my customers can buy them by the case. You think that I want to deal with TCG player right now? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think that the secondary market has been a net negative for the last couple of years. I think it is moving the needle a little bit, although whatever is going on with flesh and blood is not helping. Um, <laughs> and I've got thoughts on that, but. What is, what yeah. is going on with flesh? So we, we don't, we don't keep up as mm-hmm. much with flesh and blood. So I'm not, I'm not very aware. Are you aware of anything going I, on with flesh and know. blood? There's been an odd series of buyouts. Okay. Um, of stuff that has never really been interest has never really been part of the competitive space. It's never been, never been really relevant at all. Um, as well as cards that have been relevant have suddenly gone into like 60, 70% more than kind of their averages not too oh, long okay. ago. Okay. They, my little weird conspiracy theory on this is it's because they announced Japan and we knew they were announcing Japan and there are individual specific sellers that are trying to overstock for the Japan market. Gotcha. Mm. Gotcha. Um, so the same thing that happens in just about every other TCG of something yeah. new is happening, and then there are speculators who are going in and saying, uh, "Here's a <clears throat> here's a way where I think I'm going to make the most amount of money. Let's stock up on these types of cards." Yeah, basically, it's a little harder. Yeah, you know, it's a little more obvious now than it has been in the past. Okay. Um, like it's just it's more aggressive now than it has been in the past, and it's kind of come out of nowhere. Okay. Full disclosure, though, like baby in May, I have. I had no problem selling some stuff. I was like, if you guys want to pay more, yeah. go for it. This is fine. Yeah. Um, and on the side, it's also creating this big, like, accessibility demand, right? Yeah. The the um, the barrier to entry, if we want to right. get really technical in our, in our terminology. Right. That barrier to entry um, has become a massive problem, and people are like, I don't want to. I don't want to bring somebody into a game where their only way that they're going to have fun and not get the crap kicked out of them is if they invest two, three hundred dollars on these three cards. Yeah, and it's sneaking back that way. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you did you crack your command and conquer when we when we first started opening opening packs and trying to learn how to play that game? Uh, I pulled uh, fabled boots. I forget exactly what set it was. The, yeah, um, and then Arcane but, Rising. Yeah, it's Arcane Rising. Um, and then I traded it to someone. Pardon? Probably Stormstriders. Yeah, that was that's probably what it, it. That's what it was. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember. And I traded a guy for it, and then and that's how I got the C&C, that how I got the, the Command, Command and Conquer. Conquer. Okay, yeah. all right. All right. Okay. There were just some cards that I knew that were, like, mm-hmm. expensive, and you got it. So yeah, I know. have one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say that I kind of – I don't mind where Flesh and Blood's secondary – you know, Taking it to what I had previously, I don't mind that se- that Flesh and Blood secondary market is kind of where it's at because the primary focus of Flesh and Blood is still kind of the game and the player base and yeah. how, mm-hmm. you know, and getting cards to them. And yes, those cards can have more value. You know, some cards have more value and some of it's right. a little bit toxic, but mm-hmm. pff, right. everybody has everybody has done that. That is right. that is not 
that is not new at all. Right. It just was that era where the secondary market was the primary focus. Yeah. That sucked, and there it's there's still tr- some people are still trying. Yeah, there's yeah. some games out there that are still trying. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing one thing that's happened in the past couple of years. I mean, this this really took off with COVID, right? Was the Logan Paul Pokemon fiasco, right? So <laughs> which and, one? Yeah. Well, well, the one, the one, the one that I'm thinking of is the uh, you know all the all the big box stores, the local stores selling out of all this Pokemon product oh, yeah. because people basically yeah. wanting to deal or be a flipper, like the videos that, of riots as well, those right? Were, right. Those were and, great. And yeah. so, and so, what, what happened in those instances? What would be you know kids or players mm-hmm. who wanted to get product just so they could play the game mm-hmm. weren't able to you know to get the product so they could just play the game. I think mm-hmm. I think those like that's a clear instance of the secondary market gone completely awry. That was nuts. Right. But yeah. I think I think like those instances those in my mind I think that comes down to the problem of the store because that's a mm. store problem because then they would be the ones to have to essentially police their own product or put limits on how much can be sold. Mm -hmm. I mean, Joey, like, what, like, is there, is there really any other um, solution to something like that uh, other than, or maybe not other than, because going back to what you were talking about, like it's education, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, answer to making it so like things like the target buyouts don't happen. And we don't have little signs that says, yeah, no, we're done with this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, honestly, when it comes to that element, I feel like the best solution to that is actually not even education. It's transparency. Okay. Transparency from a, from a company that's, uh, and this is one of those things that I, 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 I'm not even going to say once I'm going to say need Lorcana to do. We're already talking about Lorcana. All right, sweet. <laughs> Whatever. I'll, it's because, I mean, if you're going to have a conversation about a kid wants to play, just play this game and it's going to get bought out everywhere, uh-huh. there's, that's a, Lorcana is going to be a great concern. Um, yep. Pokemon was kind of a weird space, but transparency in not just, I'm not going to say like, I don't need print run numbers. Let's not do print run numbers. Like not, one, not know what the, you num- might, not know what the print not know, is. Not know what the numbers are. One, especially when you get into like the big stuff like Pokemon, it just doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Yeah. But transparency in distribution strategy, transparency in enforcement of distribution. Because okay. one of the other elements you had to deal with during that time was the fact that distribution had no problem hoarding and bottlenecking products. Yeah. And they they were held accountable to nobody. Yeah. Right. True. Um, true. So transparency and enforcements from the publisher, from the dis- from the distributor, that that flat out says we are printing this to demand. We are, you know, if if we have made arrangements with print, you know, we've made arrangements with printers to ensure that products will be able to get printed quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who kind of knows that back end printing space understands that you there's a queue, there's a there's a line. Mm-hmm. Um, so saying like, we're going to reprint, this is Fab's issue. Like we're going to reprint means like, great win. And you got to wait for like two months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but if you're big, like, Hey, we've made arrangements to ensure this is going to be print on demand. We have, you know, started holding our distributors accountable, um, for, you know, making sure the product just is not hoarded. Here are the priorities that we are going to set mm-hmm. and how we are going to set them and how are we going to ensure that people are not, you know, that primary sellers, not secondary sellers are not going to abuse 
the system that we have. We're going to enforce MSRP rules. Mm-hmm. Just, just that, just that level of screw you comfort, which is what I'm just going to call it, which is like, screw you, but I'm comfortable now to the people who are trying to abuse it. Right. I think that would go a really long way. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I think, did, you know, that was another one of those things that did a lot of damage because like, if I, if I think there's only 5,000 boxes, the ones that I have, yeah, it's just, mm. it's back to that. So, I mean, we know that Pokemon countered it by overprinting themselves to oblivion. Yeah. Don't think they needed to do that. I just think they need to be transparent. Yeah. I think that solves a lot of problems. Speaking of <clears throat> MSRP, uh, when's Magic coming back with that <laughs> MSRP stuff? Wait, I, uh, don't they have it again? I thought, th- I didn't think so. No, they, Do they bring they it back? Do have, they have MSRP, but remember that remember the S is suggested. <laughs> suggested. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. bad. My yeah. bad. Yeah, because I know what was it like two years ago? They're like, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not even MSRP. doing that. Anymore. Yeah, we're not even giving out that number. Yeah, people can charge what they want. Essentially, yeah. yeah. That one's kind of that one's such a weird one, actually, because working for Genesis, we've recently thought we've recently switched over from just enforcing map to bringing in an MSRP, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a very different conversation. It's a very weird conversation. Um. One, in some countries, it's also a legal conversation. <laughs> you legally have to do MSRP. Mm. Um, but it's, I think the best connection to make with this one, um, and you guys are welcome to go as however far down the rabbit hole on this one you want to go, <laughs> is Nightfall MetaZoo, where there was a, if you want to get this product, you are restricted as a store to MSRP. Hmm. And that is the only way that we're going to whitelist you to distro. Dumb idea. Because um, what you had is people were clam- like pounding at the door, knowing that everything that their store got, they could buy at MSRP because they had to. And that store had mm-hmm. to sell it to them, knowing it's the only way to get more product. And also that everybody they sold it to were going to flip it for three, 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So you got into this system of, for lack of a better term, laundering product of you know you had some like making relationships with yeah with with players and with fans and the aggressive msrp to the point where it was actually it was so enforced that it it denied you product in the future at the time where any product was like instant to the moon it was a little bit rough i think i think the msrp and map conversation is another one of those needles that's going to move as as now the tcg space has shifted away from Everything is either the to the moon axe, you know, the diamond hands asset, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. that's not the right term. Screw it. Just, just the to the, to moon, the moon asset or to the, the moon. Yeah. <laughs> or, or a toxic one. Yeah. Now that we're, now that we're pulling back away from that, um, I think that's going to be a little bit of an easier needle, but uh-huh. yeah, it led to some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> temper, like, this is why I call it the temper tantrum era. Yeah. Everything. <sighs> That has made TCGs what they are for 30 years. Everything that has made TCGs fail outside of like the big three and then the anime game niche markets mm-hmm. um, fail have all been upended in the course of two years. Mm-hmm. So, and what sucks even worse is you can prove that it did work and nobody wants to believe that it stopped. <laughs> so, so on that, okay. Um, so, yeah. 
when I saw you talk, mention the temp, the temper tantrum error, I'm like, what is he, what does he mean? Cause you sent that to me in a message and I'm like, I'm going through all this. I'm like, what, what is, what does that mean? But that's what I, I like that analogy. I, I like that term. I think it, I think it is a, a, an apt descriptor of, of the space now. Okay. So I tried, I, I tried to do it in this article. I yes. tried to go with temper tantrum era and I was not allowed to do that. <laughs> so I had to go for, I had to go for another one, gotcha. which was the cardboard gotcha. conundrum, which, which, um, <laughs> if you haven't, we'll, we'll try to link that article if, if we can in, in the description, but it's a, it's a fantastic article called the cardboard conundrum from uh, Q4, I believe was that <laughs> from Q4 the- from around the table. It is very industry and business focused. It mm-hmm. is not. It's not a what ha- you know if you're looking for like the drama and the spice of like what happened to this space that's not what it is it's specifically targeted to local game store owners mm-hmm. and telling them like how do you maneuver and what are the signs that a product that somebody is saying is going to be great is actually mm-hmm. going to mesh with your community or if it's this kind of one off thing that is going to get stuck on your shelf mm-hmm. after that person is done buying I thought it was a phenomenal article. I, I really liked it. And I think it like it, it it speaks to us and speaks to our audience and like the things that we're interested in. If you if you guys if you have a chance, you need to go check it out. Def, definitely do yourself a favor. <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> do yourself a favor, go go check it out. Um Thank you. But where I wanted to go was um, you know, I feel like now, and, and I've mentioned this to a lot of people, I feel like the time space now is we, f- I feel like we're in like a TCG card game re- renaissance period right now. Um, but it harkens back to the early, late nineties, <laughs> early two thousands of everyone sees the success of magic Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh and says, Oh, I need that too, because mm-hmm. it, that's just a print money machine and mm-hmm. we're going to do it. And back then you had all these IPs, all these brands doing, making their own card game. So many. And failing, uh, and failing, them out. <laughs> and and now and now we're seeing we're seeing that similar type thing with a lot of different new card games coming. But the difference now is I feel like a lot of them have learned from mistakes in the past, and because like a lot of them, I'm having a lot of fun with, and I think they're mm-hmm. decent games. Are do you see something similar, and like what do you see are are similarities and differences between this time period and back then? <clears throat> Um, so one, there's an elephant in the room when you're going to talk about the difference between then and now there's actually two elephants. Um, the first one is the internet. Yes. That was the easy elephant. Yep. True. The second one, especially looking back in the mid nineties and early two thousands is that that was the first time we saw that space. People didn't know what was good, what was bad, what was going to resonate. That was actually an era of, that was an era of experimentation. Yep. And yet somehow we still got the Austin Powers card game. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Thanks. So, so the, so the, that the initial goal, the initial golden age was an era of experimentation. If you're going to, you yeah. know, in using that term, it's similar to the golden era age of cinema, golden age of Broadway. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it was an era of experimentation with technology and what are the unique and interesting things that people do in a space where a majority of the audience had never experienced it before. Right. That's the nineties. That's not now. Yes. That's not where we're at now. True. Where we're at now is one. It's really difficult to appreciate the idea that the Renaissance is as the, is the result of anything other than, 
COVID and money machine go burr. Yeah. I know that's kind of a dark thing to say, but flesh and blood oddly cracked the model yep. kind of out of nowhere. Yep. But the way they got people interested was everybody was like, get your hands on this product because I'm going to buy it from you at MSRP. But they're three, four, five hundred dollars. Even flesh and blood, which never made its secondary value a big thing, is the only and they're like the only one I feel has like a chance of actually surviving. Um, even they had money machine go burr. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the audience that did that. And I think that a lot of I think that, that Renaissance is very much a result of that. Mm-hmm. However, I don't feel that every intent of that is garbage because while Money Machine go burr, magic integrity go <laughs> So there's a lot of people who want to look at this and yeah. say, you know what? I want to go down this rabbit hole yeah. and magic go down the drain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's the thing. All right. So let's – actually, let me answer that question and I'm going to change that question. I'm going to change the way that I answer that to be a lot more business industry investor relations. Okay. Um. So it's a lot of people who are right now looking as like, okay, what were the things that we liked from all of these games? And what are the things we didn't? And how do we try to create something new? Which in more more ways than not is just kind of a blend of the old. Most of the games that are coming out nowadays are a blend of Magic, Pokemon, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. Um, or kind of some other games that has, has gone under a very kind of similar model. You guys recently were talking about Alpha Clash, mm-hmm. which is very much a, a lot of inspiration. I think from what Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dragon Ball Super, I think. Honestly, is what like, he said. I when when I sat down and 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 learned the game, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I saw everything. Like mm-hmm. I saw magic, I saw um Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. um, Pokemon, I saw I saw it all. Mm-hmm. So it was Yeah, there's very- a lot of little sympathy. And the, 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 one of the problems that the industry currently have is that there's a severe lack of adjectives that are desperately needed right now in order to kind of create a better space right. to explain like what it is I'm getting in. Like, am I getting right. a resource management game? Am I getting a character identity game? Am I getting a dude basher? Um, but yeah, so you had all these people who saw who saw a space that was growing and evolving into nuts territory, mm-hmm. and said like, how do we do something new? Um, especially seeing, and now I'm going to spin this to the investor deck investor investor relations this is a this is a three according to oh, i forgot the i forgot the company i even put it in a, in a podcast myself <laughs> company did a report on 2022 3.8 billion dollar industry for tcgs targeted at 5 billion by i think 2028 um 3.8 bill um so if i look at it as how i want to talk to somebody who i want to have like maybe invest or like how do i really appreciate the space for what it is i've got a 3.8 billion dollar industry where the biggest player is abusing every member of its audience not wrong that's that's an opportunity yes that's a that's that you know that's an opportunity to grab market share you can talk about you you can talk about the dollar figure all you want however if the dollar figure is increasing but the percentage of which everything else is also increasing it will catch up. That's one of those fun things about percentages, the beauties of percentages. Everybody's like, you know, magic is coming out there and saying, oh man, you'll notice they've never talked about like their market share, their percentage um, or anything that is not a dollar figure because their dollar figures have always been up. However, they are in fact losing market share. Yeah. 
You know, that's interesting. Like I never I, – I, I, it's always been in the back <laughs> of my head, market share. Mm-hmm. But they never say anything about market share. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. – like you said, they really only just say total dollars. Mm-hmm. That's it. You never hear market share. Which in Numbers one, are a- – good. Go which in, in one way, it's – I mean, I, they they have to be able to measure that. They can measure that. They just they don't want to tell you what it is. It's, that's got to be it. So the direct answer is actually no. They actually can't. But usually, all right, so they themselves like Watsy probably can't in the moment. Sorry, I got a random like lost connection to server. Um, they themselves can't uh, in the moment. But usually what you do see is like third-party marketing agencies right. that are able to kind of examine the space because they – so what Watsi can't exactly do is go out to like every distributor and go out to you know every XYZ agency and say, like, what were your sales for our game? In mm-hmm. fact, in a, in a lot of cases – or in, I should – yeah, in a lot of cases, honestly, one of the big reasons that you push for things like a WPN and a big like organized play network that like stores sign up for mm-hmm. is because privacy policies from distro forbid them from – forbid the distro from providing customer information to publishers. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. So Watsi literally cannot be like, can I get a list of all of your stores? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, we have a privacy policy that said, no, you cannot in fact do that. Mm-hmm. Nor does a distro really want to do that under the risk of, of having Watsi just try to bypass their systems, yeah. especially with Watsi going to Amazon. Yeah. Like who, <laughs> right. what dis what distro is going to be like, yeah, no, you have no, go, go, go ahead and try to get the store to buy stuff straight off of Amazon. Yep. You can have a special distro service. Nobody's going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get into those third party agencies that do have, because they, they can push neutrality. They're the ones who can actually talk specifically about like market share. They're the ones who can kind of put those stories together because they are much more trusted to do that in a fair or at least thorough enough way mm-hmm. as opposed to try to pad numbers. Mm-hmm. So that's why you get – so that that's why Watsi's numbers are always very, very vague in nature and always sound great because it's because they leave a lot of story out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was one of the – one of the wildest things I love, I love the story of numbers because everybody gets them wrong. <laughs> and the more wrong a company gives numbers, the more right the community is going to make them sound. Yeah. It is a, <laughs> it is a sneaky jerk trick. Yeah. yeah. Um, done by somebody who is, if, if you've ever worked in anything where you have to provide information on performance metrics, you can leave out certain information. Yeah. You can absolutely say that um, there are 200 million magic players in the world. I forgot what their number actually was. I, for, I forgot how high the number was. You can absolutely say that there were. Okay. But you can say that because you've removed the story of things like inactivity. Yeah. You've removed things like, are these laps people or are you simply going off of people who registered once yeah. and played once, right. played one game? Right. Are they, <clears throat> are they active customers? Are they lapsed? Are they inactive? Are you winning? Are they doing winbacks? Um, and that's when, yeah, I, I, I'll throw another term. I'm maybe this is just my weird secret way of like, Hey, invite me back. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> noted <laughs> in the case so so more education and empowerment for the community when it comes to when it comes to general numbers like if i give you like a big number of this is this is what we're at right a big number this is how many boxes we sold this was <clears throat> this is how much this was our um oh god what did he use revenue 
I think I think my MetaZ would use like revenue. Um, when you get into big numbers, what can be missed and what is really the, deci- the, the true factor on what those numbers mean, especially when it comes to um, a CPG product like TCGs, that's consumer packaged goods, by the way, is, okay. is what a TCG is, okay. um, is the concept of RFM. That's recency, frequency, monetary. Okay. Take any given customer in that 200 million players. How recently do they buy? Or uh, how recently have they bought? I should say, sorry. Okay. Um, how frequent do they buy? So, you know, it's that I've only played it once versus I play over and over and over and over again. Right, right. Big difference between a player there. Right. But I can use the same, I can put them under the same label, right? Right. Um, to pad my numbers. Uh, and then the last is monetary. What's their average buy? Mm-hmm. What's their average buy? You know, what are they average? You know, what's the average ticket sale? Right. Or what do we know that that account spends? Yeah. RFM is like your true series of numbers that I would love to see any agency do a big deep dive into how the TCG space actually is performing right now. Okay. Um, you get into some kind of big brothery shit in order to do that. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Let me swear. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're good. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> We're going to leave that part. I sure was like my first one. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'd love, I'd love to see an agency do that kind of stuff because that's going to be the thing that tells you whether or not a game is actually successful or not. Those are the kind of metrics I would love to be able to take any game and go to an LGS and it's like, here's, you know, here are the RFM metrics. The likelihood, the percentage rate that somebody who buys into this game is going to come back and purchase again. Mm. That's a metric. <clears throat> that yeah, because I, I feel like LGSs don't have anything to go off of. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if it's a new game, it's just like, I don't have anyone in my community who wants it. Therefore, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. They've like, yeah, there's really nothing for them to go off of. Mm-hmm. They're over there. Yeah. Guns. And enough, enough LGSs have learned their lesson when somebody comes in and says, if you buy it, I'll buy it. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that only works actually the first time. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> like, yeah. The second time I'm stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like holding on to those metrics. And that's why things like for local game stores, that's why loyalty programs are phenomenal. Little yeah. resources because that's that's how a local game store tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of those things that I kind of wish that more companies would do, more publishers would do. We didn't of, have one of those. You know, being able to assign certain SKUs to um, to some sort of like loyalty redemption system um, or anything along those lines that says, "Hey, I can tie this purchase to this account. I have my data on whether or not they're coming back. I've got my data on whether or not they're purchasing product." only when releases are showing up. Right. I can understand whether or not they're only buying collector packs versus draft packs. The, right. the amount of uh, big data stuff that is just missing, even from even from Watsy. Oh, the things I would want to do with that data. Yeah. But anyway. Do you think <laughs> so you, you mentioned you mentioned Watsy basically being an opportunity. And I've and I have said this and seen this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Do you think <clears throat> That there's a legitimate opportunity there for some, for a game, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be Lorcana, but for a game <clears throat> like Lorcana or somebody to just step in and take that opportunity. No. Okay. Right, not right now. Okay. Um, do Do you think anyone can actually step in and, and seize that opportunity, or is there just nobody in the space who's has that capability or ability at the moment? Even if they're not currently in the space. That one's so tricky. There's a reason that one's tricky. 
And it's, it's because everybody who is looking at who's going to take over the next Watsy, like, I hate, we're going to be the next magic. Oh God, stop. <laughs> um, just stop. Because what a lot of people don't realize, and this is something that even I had to kind of appreciate and acknowledge as I started looking more on kind of the other side of the cardboard and getting more into like the, I work for a card game company and a publisher. Right. Right. And I have to have those conversations with the actual buyers of my game which is right. not you. You are not the buyers of my game. Right. Definitely not from me. Right. LGSs and distro are. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to magic, you're not fighting against the next set. You're not fighting against the sales in that moment. You're not even fighting against a player's enjoyment of where the game is currently. You're not. Okay. You're fighting against their time investment. You're fighting against the fact that they've been building decks and a part of a community yeah. for years. You're fighting a deck. You're yeah. fighting the fighting fact that years. I can show up with a commander deck that is thousands of dollars that I've been playing the same one for like two, three years. Yeah. You're fighting the emotional investment mm-hmm. that people have in Magic the Gathering that bypass everything else. It's why every creator out there in the world who is posting magic content on the internet is saying, God, Watsy sucks and God, this is terrible. And why are they doing this to my beloved game? And I would never want to be a part of this. And then they spin right around and start making commander videos. It's because there's an emotional investment that they cannot get rid of that. Let the rest of this too big to fail mentality that Watsy has on lock go un kind of proper unchecked. It's going to take a game that appreciates that and knows that they're going to have to play the long game. Yeah. There is no game, no matter what you do, even if it skyrockets in value for the next three years straight, nobody takes over that from Magic. Mm-hmm. You yeah. got to play the long game. And you I know, don't see for, anybody uh, really doing that right now. For For me, I play MMORPGs, <clears throat> so World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy, and... Sure. um. And a lot of people over these past bunch of years, more and more MMOs have come out and they're like, oh, this is going to be the wow killer. It's kind of like the same thing for cards. And um, the only way that wow dies is if wow themselves kills their game. Mm -hmm. The only way anyone can take over Wizards of the Coast is if Wizards of the Coast does enough bad things in this game to pretty much take themselves out of the competition. No one themselves yeah. is just going to completely take them out. It's they're yeah. far too big and 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 like you were saying the emotional investment that people have just put into this game over and over eventually it's going to run out and some people could just it could take them another 20 years. Who knows what it is? And then there are some people that are just going to be there forever. But yeah, yeah there's, and, there's and, no one company that's just going to be able to do it. And you know what? At the end of the day, the second that spiral, you know, the second that spiral starts turning, mm-hmm. all it takes is for magic to make one good move in the right direction. <laughs> and they've yeah. recaptured everybody. Yeah. That's yeah. all it's going to take. And it's going to happen. There's going to be a point where they don't get a choice. Somebody's going to yeah. get ousted. Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I hate the, we're going to be the next, next magic. No, you're not. <laughs> and you it's, think- it's not even that it's not even that it's not even that I'm shutting you down in that delusion of grandeur there. The thing that I hate about the next big thing 
and I've, I hate it no matter what the context is. Right. One, anybody who's looked at any commercial ever in the history of ever knows that the number of times we're going to be the next big thing in our industry has worked a grand total of zero times. <laughs> um, and the reason that it doesn't work is because the narrative changes when I'm promoting a game to you and I say, I want to, I want to introduce you to this game. And it's, it's, you know, kind of like what I did with, uh, you know, with you, Dan, kind of chat a little bit about Genesis. Like, here are the, th- you know, here are the things I love about this game. Here's the experience that I'm excited for you to have about with this game. Here are all the little nuances and all of the little fun things that we created that are truly different in the space. I want you to enjoy this game. Now, I'm going to say all of that stuff, and then I'm going to add to the end of it, you're never going to play Magic again. <laughs> What's changed in your head? Because you're no longer thinking about the experience that I have sold you that you're going to have. You are now competing with your appreciation for magic. You are now looking at every little element that you said that I'm going to enjoy. And you are, instead of just enjoying it, you are now comparing it. Mm-hmm. Because I've set that expectation. Right. I have <laughs> laid down that gauntlet. And because we're terrible people and the internet's a mm-hmm. thing... Bring it on. <laughs> it never works. It is a terrible, terrible direction to go. I hate anybody who ever does it. I don't mind if you have like a business strategy of someday we'd like to be the next magic. Yeah, right. Right. That's fine. Right. Don't make that your opener. Right. That's like going on a first date and be like, I'm so good. I'm going to marry you. No, you're not. I know this because I'm, I'm married. so much you better than your ex. <laughs> or your current. <laughs> Well, you, My you rebel know. have no problem explaining to me is like the guys who are like, I'm going to marry you. I'm the best guy you've ever had. Everybody else is is terrible. Like, no, it's not how this works. Well, it's funny. No. It's funny you say that, though. When I when I met when I first met my wife. Mm-hmm. Right. It's literally like the first time I met her. I knew I didn't say it out loud. OK, I didn't say it out loud. I just knew <laughs> I was going to marry her. Oh, and I was, I was we got married. I didn't say it out loud, though. There's a difference. I kept it to myself. <laughs> he, he whispered it. Yeah. <laughs> Whispered it in her. Ear. I wasn't quite. Yeah, I wasn't quite first. I was. I was. I was fairly quick on the trigger. And um, <laughs> but yeah, but you gotta have. You know, you gotta put your proof of concept out there. You gotta understand. It's like right. you know, this is why. This is why I'm better than the competition. Right. And it's not that it's because I've explained it to you. It's mm-hmm. because you've naturally experienced it and found it on your own. Mm-hmm. I've been in training and education for a decade um, on top of doing marketing for 15 years and, and you know everything that I've done in my career. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've learned is that retention doesn't come from me spelling things out for you in crayon. Retention comes from you acknowledging on your own terms, in your own way, why the thing that's being presented to you is better for you, mm-hmm. is helping you. Mm-hmm. And it's my job on the flip side of that to be able to empathize with you, the customer, and empathize with your challenges and then find a way to execute in a way that satisfies those needs mm-hmm. without telling you, I'm going to satisfy those needs. Yeah. yeah. Because then it's a competition. Right. 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 Do, do you think, um, you know, when we talk about card games, you know, we, we've we spent a good deal of time basically talking about the big three, like mm-hmm. talking a lot about magic. But, you know, in, in at least in the West, you know, when you talk when we talk about card games, people talk about the big three all the time, magic, Pokemon, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! And how like that's the pinnacle, that's the peak of where you want to be in this space. Do you think 
it's more likely that that becomes because we've talked about this before, like with Lorcana, right? We think it's more likely like I don't think anything's anything's taking out, quote unquote, magic Pokemon no. or Yu-Gi-Oh. I think it's more likely that there will be more seats at that table, hmm. like market share will be more evenly distributed among a couple other games other than one of them just gets taken out. Do you think something like that's more likely or do you think um, um, like a new game will replace one of those three? I honestly hope that a new game doesn't. A new game I like doesn't? More, I like I like new I like new seats more seats at the table yeah Mm -hmm. right because in any business space ever when you add more seats to the table you take the ones who have been dominating the entire bit you know the entirety for a long time and you force them to think differently yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and that's the thing you know if there's a silver lining to any of what has happened in the temper tantrum era it's that the big three have been forced to relook at the things that have just worked that they've been able to cruise by with and say okay we need to try something different. Mm-hmm. Magic did the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> and then was like, we should try just selling direct. And the proxy <laughs> things, like, they, they did Let's get into wait, wait, wait a second. Too. Hold on. Wait a second. You think Magic 30 was a bad, the 30th anniversary was a bad choice? <laughs> like the face. <laughs> I can't tell if the question's sarcastic or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I was like, Let's just be real because I, I watched because I watched that video too and I watched like you guys have like a five minute conversation uh, on the definition of proxy. Yeah. And we I was were, literally look, tempted for like, the record sh- for the record and J- Joey sent me a message. Mm-hmm. We I were did. wrong. Okay. We <laughs> yes. were wrong. I knew we were wrong in that moment, but I couldn't find the words that I wanted to use in that <clears> moment. Here's here's the difference that the big three has and anything else and why it is not as simple as just somebody coming in and taking it over. One, the big three built their foundations on the backs of players. Regardless of what you think of them now, they built their foundations on the backs of players, and they did it for a decade and a half, if not more. Mm-hmm. But two, and here's the real sweet spot. Sweet spot. Here's here's the one that's going to be one a look at Lorcana, but also maybe not because Star Wars. That'll make sense in a sec. Mm-hmm. Um. The big three also have the benefit of generational appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. It's not that it's not that I'm it's it's not that me at a ripe age of thirty eight are still actively watching Pokemon on a regular basis. It's that <laughs> I was a kid yep. playing Pokemon, and now I've got a kid who is also liking Pokemon. It's like, oh man, I can relive those. Yep. It is, and I can share this with I can share this with my child, or I can at least kickstart this you know this little adventure. There's a generational appreciation yep. for this, which is why mm-hmm. people like me still would maybe pay a little bit attention if I were still paying attention to it. That's an avenue that's missed. That's one of those things, you know, Lurkana can do that element right, but they have to appreciate they're playing the long game in order to do it because of the emotional investment. Um, And on the flip side, you look at things like Star Wars that has never been able to crack that code as a CCG. Yeah, you had Decipher, but one, Decipher as a game would never survive under today's standards in a big, in a mainstream market. Mm -hmm. Um, But also every other attempt has been thwarted by something. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's also never like grabbed an audience because it weirdly became kind of a cultural thing. So I want to see more seats at the table. More seats at the table forces innovative strategies. More seats at the table forces innovative, healthy strategies. Mm-hmm. That says it's not that this is just new and makes more money. It's new and it brings in more people. It's yeah. new and it, it creates longevity. 
Right. It creates a it creates loyalty and repeat business. And that's why M30 was effectively a disaster because it was that quick grab, but it didn't appreciate the the emotional investment that people had with anything. It did exactly why the secondary market is a net negative. It made the secondary market the primary focus. Mm-hmm. That's what watsi has been doing for, I wouldn't say for a while, but specifically with that product, they made the right. secondary market a primary focus. Right. The right. end. They right. lost. Mm-hmm. It didn't even sell out. Right. Right. Now, you know, we, we just, we've talked, we've talked a little bit about, about Lorcana so far, but what, what's your initial take <clears throat> thus far about Lorcana as a game, as a product? And how do you think Ravensburger has been doing thus far? Granted, we still don't know how to play the game. Um, we do know what the initial product lo- line is going to look like. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're doing a lot of things right. To what it seems like is it seems like they're valuing the player base. It seems like they're val- uh, e- valuing the community that's mm-hmm. already built around the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's your initial take on it thus far? So I'm actually, I'm actually really because I, I was on a plane yesterday and I was literally typing out because I want to do a video of five things that Lorcana should and shouldn't do to ruin their, you know, to succeed or ruin their first two years. And I was thinking, I was like, man, if I had the resources and if I had, if I had the, if I had like the money, the capacity, and even the time as a business, what would I do if I were Lorcana? Um, and I, I'm, I'm really happy with, so I'll, I'll show them, someone will get kind of spoiled here, but I'm, I'm really happy with my list, honestly. <laughs> um, go check out decks and drafts. There's my plug. I'm out of drafts. <laughs> now it's time for the decks. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so I'm going to take uh, two avenues. One, how's Lorcana doing on its own? I'm going to go with fine. Um, which is kind of like a, what exactly do I grade them on? Right. There's nothing right. to grade them on. Right. right. Um, at the end of the day, include. what have they shown us? Well, they're releasing booster boxes. Hey. Um, they're releasing <laughs> starter decks. Um, cool. They're releasing two player starter decks. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, Give them like three. At least three, I think. Um, so you meant like two player. Oh, two player. My bad. My yeah. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. No, I get you. Makes sense. Two hyphen player. Yes. Understood. Starter Understood. deck. Um, Words are hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say the exact same thing, so I'm all right. Words are hard. I got it from um, him. <laughs> Oh, great. We're going to have fun. Um, we're way too, we're, the, we're towards the end of this anyway. Um, so anyway, um, like the product line stuff is fine. Um, like, cool. You've parred the hole. However, however, I don't, you know, if, if I were to grade piece by piece, they've made more mistakes than they've made successes. Because as far as I'm concerned, release, you know, showing off that you can release a product and what your product line is, that's you parring the hole. That's you hitting, that's hitting you, you hitting the basics. Mm-hmm. But D23 was a mind a mind numbing exit you know, a mind numbing lesson in wait do you actually know the space that you're about to get in you know you release a six card set at d23 and incredibly limited quantities and you 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 don't see what's about to happen you you can't anticipate what's about to happen you can't anticipate that within hours that thing's going to go to four digits <laughs> that nobody is interested in whether or not nobody's interested in learning any information about your game right now more than they are taking the thing and and selling it and yeah or 
for somebody like Ryan Miller, who has been in the space for a while to have just missed that. Well, do you, do you, to be fair, do you think that that was a Disney thing and saying no. that they wanted that? <clears throat> no, no, that was a, that was a Ravensburger thing. Okay. Okay. There's no way, there's no doubt in my mind. That's a Ravensburger thing. Okay. Um, all things considered, I bet Disney has so little actual interaction in this. That's what I've been saying, but mm-hmm. I have been saying the, that for a while. For, yeah, there's there's no there's no proper way. Like as somebody who's worked for a lot of companies that have gotten themselves bought, um, it's not like we suddenly have like a direct line to right. C-suite and and E-suite leadership. Right. When right. You, they don't care, and the fact the the fact that Ravensburger has done such a great job with villainous, um. That's they they're they're trusted enough. Like we trust that you yeah. can do this, and we brought in somebody who has done like My Hero Academia, and I think he did Digimon, and you did a couple. He's he's got a history in the space. Yep. I trust that you have found the right people because you've proven through execution that you have found the right people. I don't mm-hmm. think Disney knows crap about this. Um, nor do I think that Disney's looking at this and like, whoa, what did you do to us? You know how how dare you? Because at the end of the day, they'll be like, this is great press. I don't know what your problem is. Yeah, Nobody. Right. We can't even grade that we lost anybody from this because yeah. there's we never had anybody to begin with. Right. This was in right. that game. So the one element, the one time that they really could have shown that they were ready for kind of the accessibility, I think they screwed it up. Um, I think they screwed it up. But I think they're going to be okay. I think they've got. I think that they're at least at a healthy start. Mm-hmm. The second thing on the flip side, though, the community. Okay. <laughs> Okay. That was hilarious. <laughs> I'm ready for because this one, Dan. Same. I am too. <laughs> um, I get it. I get it. As a, as a, if I'm doing a lot of like full time content creation, again, let's let's do this because I don't know if the original part of this is um, it was actually stated. So if you if you would like if you have like a pair of scissors handy or like a pitchfork mm-hmm. and you would like to stab me with it <laughs> before I say this. Dex and Drafts, D-R-A-U-G-H-T-S at gmail.com. Yeah, link's in the description, guys. <laughs> Come after me. <laughs> this, is, this is on me. Um, oh, this, this is great. I get that there's a lot of content I get there's a lot of content creators who are one very, you know, very genuinely excited about Lorcana. There's a yeah. lot of you know, who who wouldn't be? But I also know that there's a little bit of a run of like we need to talk about the so dang much. So that way we kind of get recognized and appreciated. So that way, that way, that way we, have a, we have a chance to get that thing because we just watched D23 exclusive stuff go to $2,000 mm-hmm. within like a week. I want that first content creator promo. I want that thing that I'm going to be able to flip because either this is my job or I have dreams of it being it one day. And I want to be able to make all the money all the time. And so you get these, you get these weird weird kind of perspectives that look mm-hmm. at like the smallest piece of information and call it like the greatest thing in the world. Like we're, we're, we're selling booster packs now. Huh? Like what? this is not stop with this. We've been doing content for a while. This isn't a revelation. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're in the magic space, I mean, it's all, it's always previous season, right? Always. Yeah. It's, <laughs> nothing new. So, so I, 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 I Beg the community to please hold Arcana to a little bit of a higher bar than congrats, you put everything in a box, and maybe the, the cellophane wrapping that you put around the decks had a little tab on it. Hey, <laughs> accessibility. Just, just hold them to a little bit of a higher standard. I like hey, the speculation. Hey, I like hey, hang on, hang on. Joey, this community you're referring to, okay, 
Have you heard them say anything negative about Ravensburger or anything negative about the game thus far? I just want to make a point. Honestly, no. Um, <laughs> that's my but, point. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, the, again, that's kind of like the, you know, the press is fine. It's fine. Um, Break, breaking news. Game designer says his game is good. <laughs> Who would have thought? Hey, you did it, guys. Um, Who would have thought? But here's, a, here's, here's kind of where here's where it kind of all spins and you're like, okay, this is why I've got a little element of concern with it. Um, yeah. I, some of the, some of the stuff has been like, it has been really kind of cool to watch. Um, I'll be, I'll be real honest. I actually listened to you guys' episode on it expecting worse. And I was very pleasantly surprised. I was like, Oh, awesome. People are having conversations. Because we're approach we, we are approached, we are approaching this game mm-hmm. with a realistic standard and a realistic expectation. Yes, yeah. I'm excited. I feel like I'm more excited than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at the same time, I am and I feel like I'm the one in the Lorcana community being like, hello, let's be realistic here. I'm trying to pull yeah. everybody down. Dan tells me yeah, about I, this I, stuff. I, I, I'm like, please, <laughs> please don't talk to me about this discord anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I probably know, though, because I, I was in there like on day one because I did a video like on day one um, of hearing the Lorcana announcement. I was like here's where I'm at with this. And it was all fine stuff like cool. Yay. Neat. But I was like, what do you need to do to not screw up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, take star Wars that you have, you can have a emo- phenomenal yeah. base, but you can alienate your net new prospects yep. in a heartbeat. Yep. And that's one of the things I'm actually kind of worried about with the community that has been jumping in that is saying is like, I, 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 I think I, I got a whiff of Ryan Miller's dump and therefore I'm going to make a video <laughs> on it. Um, it, that's one way to put it Dan <laughs> that is one way to put it oh man it creates it creates this weird funnel that I worry that Ravensburger seeing what they already did with D23 might think that there's like in order to really make this thing pop and succeed they need to leverage the like TCG creator community a lot more than they actually do yeah um, because the way that Lorcana dies and I mean instantly dies is they in they alienate the net new they alienate you know the the parents and the kids and the disney fans who are like still watching disney channel and you know like the the tween to 25 range Mm -hmm. that are going to be flooded with commercials on like lorcana and there's going to be all these cool little promotional opportunities of lorcana and they're going to go online and they're going to research lorcana they're going to see people talking about it and you're going to get to the moon and you're going to get this weird speculation stuff and you're going to get, you know, here's why the game is broken. And it's, it's this stuff that just isn't inviting. And I, I hope that Ravensburger ignores it mm-hmm. and appreciates that they don't need that to succeed. Mm-hmm. They need to execute on the yeah. net new prospects because the TCG community, we're fine. We're mm-hmm. already buying this thing. We're yeah. already interested enough in this thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just like I kind of said before, don't tell me why you're better. Just do it and I'll figure it out for myself. Yeah. I want to see them do that. Right. And I really hope they, they just don't, like, God, don't give me a Mr. Beast promo. Don't do it. <laughs> don't. Don't. I don't Magic tried it. It didn't work. They did. They uh... did. Play 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 against Mr. Beast twenty five thousand dollars. It didn't work. They did really for Magic. Yeah, play him up on Arena. Play Arena. Play on Arena. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I did a whole thing on this. It was. It was that's right. That's right. 
I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Do not. So, so, so to put this in true marketing terms, do not use the creator community as an acquisition strategy. Yeah. You don't need them. I'm sorry. They don't need us. Mm-hmm. Let us love the passion. Yeah. Let us, let us nurture second part of second part of a life cycle. Um, acquisition, nurture, let us nurture the community by show, by bringing them into the passion that we naturally have. Mm-hmm. Not where I, where I, all the fee now is like, let's talk about every little thing in such bland cookie cutter speak. Mm-hmm. So that way they notice me and like, Hey, we see that you're doing content. I think it's gonna be great. It's like, that's not con. You did a reading. Yeah. You were a dick to bird from the Flintstones. Yeah. yeah. The, the <clears> one <throat> thing, the, the one thing that I will say <clears throat> about the Lorcana community. Okay. Um, and, and Jim and I have talked about this for a while. Like we, we do think, and I'm thankful that we're, that we've kind of been there mm-hmm. like from the get go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a That's unique a- opportunity. I'm thankful for it. I'm having a lot of good time with that community. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think there are, and just like there are in every community, there's a lot of people who are just talking the talk and they just, they are doing it for the clout, mm-hmm. right? Of course. However, yep. however, I will say I do get a genuine, um, I, I do have this genuine feeling about a lot of people in that community who are just very passionate about not necessarily Lorcana as a game, because how can you when we don't really know how to play it, right? Mm. But just like we are very passionate about card games and the space and mm-hmm. sharing that feeling with other people and using yeah. the Disney brand as a vehicle to do that. And I think the Disney yeah. brand is a phenomenal vehicle to be able to pull more people into the space and get them to enjoy some of the things that we do as well. And I think yeah. I think the community is full of people like that and who are really hopping on that bandwagon to try and be like, hey, guys, we know you all love Disney like we do. Come in and let's have a great time together and, yep. and share this passion with me. Yep. 100%. It is definitely a lot more inviting. Um and yeah, it's the, 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 the number of excitement versus like kind of the number of <clears throat> kind of very specifics in my little kind of rant sure. on stop, um, you know, it is, it is definitely very imbalanced. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, and I, when I was like, I came to the very beginning, I was like, I didn't have time to create content. So I kind of feel bad. Like I'm going to do one and it's going to immediately look, oh, I'm kind of that jerk. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I've, it's a very, like very, it's a very businessy approach. Sure. Um, sure. I'm like, and- here's, you know. Please don't, please don't announce a multi, you know, million dollar thing for the first two years. Don't, don't create a competitive prize pool for the first two years. Overprint the living crap out of the first chapter. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, you know, I proposed the idea and you might know this one, Dan. I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know how old you are, Jim. Um, but we'll figure it out. When Pokemon first came out as a, as a card game, the thing that they did and this is this is on this is on my list that I thought was amazing. Was they did a mall tour, and they went to like malls around the country, and it was just a big like we just took over big a big old space, and like it was just Pokemon TCG like everywhere. Mm-hmm. So like me as a kid, like this is how I was able to find new friends, and I got really mm-hmm. excited and like jazzed in a community where there was space, mm-hmm. and I would love to see Lorcana do kind of like a big you know like like a mall tour or like kind of like a big, big space tour removed from LGSs. I know that's a, a not, popular, not popular, not <laughs> popular. Um, it's not popular, 
<clears throat> However, I think that any LGS will appreciate that if you condense everybody who wants to buy this game into your space in one given moment, yeah. the logistics are going to be nightmare. not going to be worth the profit you're able to make. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to turn so many people off that they're not going to come back. So you're not going to get them as recurring customers anyway. Yeah. People are shopping with you no matter what. Divert the initial excitement and insanity and and use do the growth part that's going to get people coming back on a regular basis. Go let Lorcan and Disney do that on their own in a space yeah. that is safe, that is apparent. I would be a lot more comfortable bringing. Yeah. That is going to be that is going to blend so many different avenues as opposed to let's do a learn to play event. So it's like, well, here, let's let's here's me who's been doing the YouTube stuff, and I already know that like Aurora's <laughs> broken and crap like that. Versus, I think Stitch is pretty. Like, okay, I'm going to kick your ass, kid, and take all of your promos. Just that's so we know, Aurora's not broken. Okay. <laughs> They're so we're clear. I don't think I, hmm. <laughs> Just a running joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't know the I mean, we don't know the rules. I, I feel like it's it's like a one on. I feel like it's I feel like it's Red Rover, honestly. Okay. If if we like if we want to go back to like camp campfire days, um, games that people were playing because there's no mm-hmm. there's not a life. It, I don't think there's it doesn't seem like there's a life total. It doesn't seem and, like it, right. And I I think that like they they were very intentional. Like we don't want to make a <clears> confrontation. Mm-hmm. as to suggest like you could die mm-hmm. which is how i kind of assumed that they were confrontating you know how right. they translated the words confrontational murder so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i'll do it again <laughs> uh sorry we broke character guilty so given everything that I've seen with like challenges and whatnot, I feel like it's Red Rover, Red Rover, let Goofy come over. Mm. Um, and it's like kind of a point, point system based on how successful that kind of stuff is. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of how I, how I kind of see the mechanics going. Mm-hmm. But, you know, create a space where that net new prospect market, the parents and the kids, have like the ability to like find their own and it's not crowded it's not hot and there's not like a big line and even if it's not something that you're excited and you're gonna get everybody else who just loves disney because you're gonna have the big disney stands and you're gonna have all these other disney things so the people are like i don't really want to get into a card game but i love disney are all gonna just show up anyway and then maybe you get you might get some extra conversions from that i'd love to see that so much yeah because right now disney dies because Locana dies if you alienate the market. And right now, the way you alienate that net new market is you give them kind of the exact experience that everybody's getting right now. Yeah. Yeah. New LG, new new TCG. It's going to go crazy. I want to get my hands on it. Mm-hmm. That LGS is packed. I've missed my opportunity. I don't even really know how to really talk to like LGSs. I don't know. Chances are, it's like, yeah. I don't even know that's a thing half the time. What do you mean there was a pre order system? What do you mean like you, you've got to be in the know for this? Yeah. What do you mean this thing is $200? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean all of these things? Right. My kid just wanted to play. Right. And you know what? By the time he's going to get to, he's kind of moved on. Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. That's how Lorcana dies. Yeah. They screw up that execution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see um, how how they execute. Mm-hmm. Like I, for one, am excited, you know, like I've said. Um, and I, yeah, I think I think I think they have a good head on their shoulders, Robinsberger. Um, and I think mm-hmm. I think they're doing everything they can. And they're ma- I think they're making a lot of right moves, um, but it's just, you know, time will tell. You know, time will tell and what and we'll and, and we and we shall see. Um, Honestly, going back to the way beginning, transparency. Yeah, I don't need the print run. 
But I want to I want to know that if if this does run out and it goes crazy, it'll be back on the shelves in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and we're printed to demand. Yeah, yeah. Screw you, dealers. Yeah. Feel and free I to think- take a position. There's enough for you to do so, but we've also built enough for the players. Right. I'm telling and you that right now. And I think right forever. now we're still too early for there for there to be pretty much any kind of transparency, except then, except other than the fact that we're going to show you this at a certain time frame. Like that's really the only opportunity that they've had, really. Um, so we'll so we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. Um, all right, we're gonna have to move on. Um, I feel like we could be sitting here just for another two hours, dude. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, no, I would, get, I would, I would also get murdered um, <laughs> if that were the case. So, so, um, all right, so well, the next, Lightning our next round. thing we're gonna talk about is the card of the week. Yes. Okay, so uh, Joey has been uh, so gracious oh, enough man. to to tell us what this card of the week is. So, Joey, take it away for us. I feel bad. I so. One, I love I love Card of the Week, and I thought it was like I could do something crafty. I could do something. I could do. I can. Pro- I can go like into the ether, into the depths. Um, so I'm going to actually give you one that has a story behind it. I'm going to give you Shriekhorn, Mirrodin Besieged, Ooh, okay, Magic the Gathering. This is the one cost artifact um, that comes in with like three charge counters. Mm-hmm. Tap opponent mills two. Uh, the reason player. this is the card that I'm giving you, amidst everything else that I've done, the reason I'm giving you this, this is the card I'm giving you. This is the first time, this card was the centerpiece of the first time I ever won a magic draft and genuinely felt bad about it at the end. <laughs> That's like, how, This I is how nor- most mill players <clears throat> feel, I, I, I would, I would yeah. have to imagine. <laughs> exactly. Because I, I got six of them and two decimator webs. In the same draft, which mills six. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, like, I got like the I got the I got two in the first. I, re, I like I remember this. I got I got two in the first suite. I got three in the second suite, and 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 but like kind of by the time I saw like my I had like my fourth one, it was like I don't care what anything else is. I'm going to take every mirror. <laughs> I'm taking all of them. We're just going to mana ramp this. Um, so yeah, so I had in my little 40 card, you know, I had six records and two decimator webs and it was not even fair. Um, and that was like the first time I was like, I actually feel really bad of what I just did. And I apologize. I'm taking all the price support and I'm leaving because you guys kicked my butt anyway with your stupid infect. Um, and I do constructed and Zendikar was still a thing and I didn't get in on Zendikar. So like, Mm. I don't really care that your stupid flying imp thing suddenly has 10 power and attacked on turn two because landfall, (laughs) this is my revenge. (laughs) You, you don't have, you don't have a deck anymore. So Shriekhorn is the card is, 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 is my card of the day. Shriekhorn. As somebody who is, as somebody who is talking at the very beginning about the healthy execution of the space, <laughs> I decided to grant you the most toxic deck that I've ever built. The, the, the most toxic say. strategy is a mill. That's right. You heard it here. You think not so? For, <laughs> you think it is? No, not to, No, it's just, I no, hate playing it's, against it's it. Not toxic. I'd it's rather not. play against. All right. Yeah. I love playing against mill actually. What I don't know. You, I like I'm all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those players. I love, I know what I, I hate playing against. I hate the win condition that companies made. That's like my thing. Like if you made a win condition as a company and you came up with like two or three other ones, that's the one I want to go for. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I do mill. I had a, I had a door to nothingness deck that fired off by turn three. Wow. <laughs> you're like, oh, man. And you're like, let's go. Let's, let's have all the wow. fun in the world. You suck. But of course the rest <laughs> of it was like fogs and you yeah. know, all the like, I don't take any damage. And then dubstep. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I, I door to nothingness that I forgot what set it was from, but it looked like just like a big amp. Yes. Yeah. So I call I call it the dubstep deck. Uh, like you're just okay. standing right I, next to a dubstep. I have the picture. I have the picture yeah. of the card in my head. Yeah. I just can't remember. Just, yeah. 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 I like alternate win conditions because I'm a terrible human. <clears throat> well, it's funny. Like I'm 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 finishing putting together my Amara Souls of the Accord, mm-hmm. um, Selesnia tokens list, and I have like three alternate win condition cards in the deck. <laughs> And like that's how I'm gonna try and win every every time. It's yep. do it that way, not through combat damage. Mm-hmm. I respect that. <laughs> I'd happily ever after I did that crap. Um, yes, I'm that person. No, that would not work in the deck. Mm-hmm. Happily ever after would not work in the deck, unfortunately. So, all right. Well, that is this week's card of the week. Thank you so much, Joey, for that. Um, I always, <laughs> I always love, even when it is magic. I always mm-hmm. do like finding new cards, and especially hearing the stories behind some of these cards as well. So Joey, this has been a long conversation, but this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Um, I I want I want to continue this later. <laughs> yeah, because for you, sure I'm probably gonna have to eat and like take care of the wife. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> but this has been a uh, a a fantastic conversation. I've had, I've had a lot of fun. Um, now Joey, where can people find you and your content on the internet? Sure. So um, I'm primarily on YouTube. Uh, Dex and drafts. Okay, I'm gonna D R A U G H T S European spelling. <laughs> um. But uh, I don't really get a chance to do too much. I do I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Dexter Drafts, uh, where I do kind of audio recordings. They're all free, though, because um, I, I don't go through that effort. So that was also a lot of – it's a lot of kind of industry talk and industry deep dive and, you know, trying to look at things from, you know, much more of a business perspective as opposed to, you know, what's the meta and what's the player, like, you know, looking at kind of some of the things that are happening in industry. I don't necessarily want to be like, this is why this sucks. It's – this is – this is why this hurts mm-hmm. like a, a, an audience or growth or something like that. So mm-hmm. YouTube decks and drafts primarily feel free to pop on the Patreon. Everything's free right now as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then yeah, decks and drafts at gmail.com. And if you, if you like really want to yell at me, Hey, um, if, if you're, if you're a Lorcana pl- person and you did not like what he said about Lorcana, if his email is down in the description, you can just yeah. shoot it his way. <laughs> yeah. The one, yeah, the, one the one thing we did not get to talk about this time is Genesis. Um, uh, Joey okay. did, did talk a little bit about it, um, but this is another game, another card game, tactical card game that works. I, I'm excited about it. It's been on the market for a while, um, but Five one years. that I'm interested, uh, one that I'm interested to check out. Um, so, Joey, we will have you on again in the future, and then we will be sure to talk about it then. So definitely, let me let me get it, let me get it sent to you guys. That way, you guys can kind of try it out. Um, sure, and I'll I'll share with you a little bit of Great. you know how that mod how. We're changing. I'm changing the narrative around that space to really just not be a TCG. I know that you guys are also like tabletop guys. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why I was really excited to introduce it to you. So love mm-hmm. to get your take on that. But yeah, we can wait until you actually get to see the thing yeah. right out. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be great. So, um, all right. Well, again, Joey, thanks a lot for being here. I had a blast, and we look forward to having you uh, back again on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. This was this was so much fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. I told you. <laughs> It was I did, so good. Did, did I not tell you? <laughs> I felt I felt a lot of time during that conversation. I'm I was just staring at the screen like let's wa- I wanted him to talk. Yeah. And I'm like, <clears throat> keep going. <laughs> like I was just hanging on like every everything that he was saying. Um, you know, and, and guys, guys, also if you're if you're in the Lorcana community and you don't like some of the things he said, his contact info is down below. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but but it uh, in all honesty, it really is nice mm-hmm. to to talk to somebody who can see what's going on in an industry and even in in a couple of games completely removed not maybe maybe not necessarily completely removed but mm-hmm. removed enough from the like hardcore fans yeah. um and looking and looks at all these situations realistically and kind of knows kind of how to play some because i feel like for for me and i would assume for you as well a lot of my times in going through um, a, being a part of these communities, it's always been talking with people who are heavily entrenched mm-hmm. with the community and all they see are the positives, <laughs> right? Which, which again, like it makes sense. I, I get it. Like if you're involved in a community, you love a thing, right? Mm-hmm. All you're going to really talk about is like all the great things and you will talk about the negatives, right? But you'll mostly be like, you'll talk about the negatives, but then go back to doing the same thing essentially, mm-hmm. right? And and that's common. That's common in a lot of communities, right? Um, so that so I felt like that conversation was like a real breath of fresh air for us. So um, I had a great time. I know you had a good time. Oh, I, yeah. I know you were like afterwards. <laughs> Dan was like, "So what do you think?" I'm like, "Wow." See, wow. So so um, I had the benefit of just talking to Joey for a little bit first, and yeah. then when I started getting to him, I'm like. Jim is going to be like, have a lot of fun just, just even listening yeah. to, to, to yeah. him talk. And was I right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, this dude knows so much yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll have to get him back on the show another time and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, continue that conversation yeah. um, another time. But before we get out of here, Jim, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Jim Morgan HNH. You guys can find me on Instagram at Daniel.g.campbell, Twitter underscore DJ Campbell. If you head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com, you can find links to all of our social platforms there. YouTube, Facebook, pretty much everything for Hobbies and Happiness will be linked on our main website. Um, that's all we got for you today. I hope hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And let me know down below what uh, what is one of the things that you enjoyed the most about the conversation or did not like what Joey said. If there's one thing that you really agreed on or one thing you really disagreed on, leave a comment down below. Let us know. We would love, love to know. We'd love to know. So let us know. Um, But again, thanks everybody for being here. Enjoyed it. Jim, had a great time. And thanks everybody for being here. We'll catch you in the next episode. See everybody. Take care.